Hey, this is Sean from Ascending from Ashes, and you're listening to the Brutally... I'm sorry, what was it again? Yes, it's the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, this is Sean from Ascending from Ashes, and this is the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I just walked over Bruce's intro. My name is Chris. <laughs> Let's do that again. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I'm Bruce. And I'm Chris. <laughs> see how you went up there and I went down. You see? It's yeah, almost like we planned like, it. It's like a yin and the yang thing. Something like from my philosophy class or some shit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. What are you wondering about this week? <laughs> this week it is uh, ancient Egyptian um, religions. and moving into like the pharaohs and that kind of stuff and it's actually final week so believe it or not if you've been listening to this it's 16 weeks in and i'm just about to uh ace this whole thing with an a so you're gonna become a you're probably gonna get your master's in philosophy right when you're ready to retire so you can really spend your time pondering things sitting on the beach contemplating the existence of it all yeah i always used to ask my friend who was who had his master's in philosophy. He was a singer in a band of mine at one time. What do you do with a philosophy degree? And he said, well, you, you become a teach, you become a teacher. <laughs> I was like, of what? He's like philosophy. <laughs> I was like, so that's the job. He's like, yeah, that's the job. I was like, cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, we, I've had this conversation with you. This is just, you know, to do it. So it's awesome. I think it's just mind expanding. So education is the key to life, man. Like, and if you're learning how to think critically and logically and expansively, it can only benefit you. I'm not, I I agree. I'm not dissing the philosophy thing at all. I feel like I'm being dissed though. That's what I I mean. That's what I'm feeling. Well, I just diss you regularly. So, you know, (laughs) I'm not feeling the love on this at all. So, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I picked up my classes for next semester, and I'm doing uh, the philosophy of Nietzsche, or Nietzsche, or whatever he is. Okay. That'll be pretty deep. And then the history of Christianity. Oh, wow. That's going to be violent. Yeah. yeah, the whole thing is going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. So. The, 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 hey, I'm, I'm, but ca- anyway. I'm Catholic, and man, we killed a lot of people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't but laugh anyway. about it, but anyways. <laughs> no, but it's true. Anyway, I digress. The reason we're here is we've got the dudes from Ascending from Ashes joining us today. They're a uh, rock prog metal sort of band out of, I think, New Jersey, right? Yeah, it says Berg- Bergenfield. Is that how you pronounce it? That's what, I mean, I'm from up that way, but I don't really know the, uh, the Ber- where Bergenfield that is at. But I know they're influenced by some amazing bands. Well, you might not think amazing, but The Devil Wears Prada. Avenged Sevenfold, and Periphery. I hear a lot of that in there. So they're a little, uh, little proggy and a little tacky, but we'll go ahead and get them online. See what they have to say. Love it. So, Sean, welcome to the brutally delicious podcast. Sounds fun. For those not familiar with Ascending from Ashes, can you give us the two-minute boardroom pitch, two-sentence boardroom pitch, even better? So, um, so we're a four-piece uh, metal rock outfit from Bergen County, New Jersey. Um, we've been together for about close to twelve years, and um, our our newest album, Glory, has been out this past year. It came out; uh, it was a soft reset. Uh, sorry, soft release, early January, 
but we are coming out with a full extended deluxe edition for Christmas with brand new art and uh, a brand new concept. Nice. When I was just watching your live videos uh, on your Facebook page. How did, how did those come about? Uh, that was an idea we had. Um, from I saw I saw a band doing a live stream, and you know they just set up their their camera phone and they did like live live on Instagram, and it was just them kind of doing like an acoustic thing, and there were so many followers, so many people watching. I'm like, you know, I I really appreciate these guys doing this, but you know, I the quality of it is just it's it's missing. Yeah. And my manager, my manager at the time, he said, you know, I wonder if there's a, I wonder if there's a way that you can make a multi-camera, multi-platform live stream show with direct audio that's already mixed down like a live sound. I'm like, there has to be something like that. So we looked online and we found a system and then that was it. Uh, Two years later, we're probably at the the best capacity it's ever been, been at. And, um, it's taken this long, you know, I mean, there's been so many mistakes and mix ups and, uh, bad connections, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's finally where it's supposed to be. Cool. No, it's pretty guys, cool. Do you guys bring people in for those or are you just doing it like in your rehearsal space with a, with a stage set up? How are you doing that? So that's our studio. We rent that room out. It's actually two rooms that we knocked the center wall down and we extended the room so that it's long wise now instead of kind of it being this small room. If you saw the room about a year and a half ago, it was it was like a 13 foot by 17 foot. I'm sorry, 13 foot by 15 foot uh, room. We just use a lot of wide angle lenses. Yeah. Um, as for bringing artists in, like people to sing and play with us, we haven't got there yet. You know, this is kind of like our baby. We're trying to really capitalize off of you know it making making it our uh, you know our, our own right now but as for like um you know photographers we always bring people in to to shoot the video uh, to shoot the live stream um you know we have we accept all forms of arts walking yeah. into that point but like is there audience members in there or is it just you guys sometimes, sometimes we'll you know the studio that we have a room at has a, like there's a lot of people that just kind of walk in walk around and we have a lot of friends there, so sometimes we'll have people sit in. But if you're talking about like a you know, thirty, forty head show, now we don't we don't really have an audience like that. We don't we don't like bringing too many people into that place. There's a lot of electronics and there's a lot of cables. Yeah, right. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, the first thing I noticed is that your drummer was surrounded with like the acoustic shield, and I was like, this seems like a dedicated space for doing this. And I didn't yeah, know the, if you, uh, they didn't know if it was your yeah. space and. Or what? But it, I noticed all the acoustic treatment in there, and I was just like, "There's bass traps in here and first reflection points." I'm like, "This is oh, really, yeah. this is really well thought out." Yeah the the Thunderdome was a, a was a an idea we had because uh, you know we all use there's three vocalists, so there's so much vocal bleed, uh, sorry drum bleed, so we need some form of protection from our very hard hitting drummer. <laughs> the other thing I noticed is that you don't have a bassist. No, we don't need one. Um, no. Yeah, you know, we've gone through a couple bass players. Um, you know, we've been together for 12 years, and I think we've gone through about four or five guys, and they just kind of, you know, came and went, or there was a scenario that happened with one that, that you know, he wasn't, he obviously wasn't the right fit, and we haven't found the right fit. Um, actually, my second guitarist, the guitarists are brothers, David and Kev, yeah, and Kevin Kevin played bass for a little while, and I always said that he was our best bass player. 
we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of backing tracks. You know, it just fills out so much so much sound. A lot the backing tracks isn't like you know there's no like vocals or anything. Uh, it's all it's all just kind of synth and um, ambient sounds. But we have a full bass line that's in the background as well. And the bass lines are actually the the actual recordings from all the albums that we've ever made. So like this album Glory, uh, we had a bass player at a time at the time, but he just didn't work out. Um, and he recorded all the bass lines. So every bass line you hear when you hear the live stream, that's him playing the bass. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he's still, he still kind of lives. He still lives within the, the band. He's just not. In- <laughs> bass, bass players to your band seem like drummers to Spinal Tap. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys play to a click then? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything's to a click. All the lights are synchronized. So everything has to look uh proper as well it's all done on a computer just with the power of the space bar it's amazing nice <laughs> yeah, it's, that it's must quite have taken a while because you know like i remember when i was younger in a band you know you, you just show up and you play a show and you hope you look okay and you play okay but everything else is up to the venue but nowadays with with the advent with the advancement of computers like you have to learn about lighting you have to learn about recording you have to learn about all these things that are related to to creating music but not necessarily part of creating music correct yeah you know the everything that's done on the computers i really do you know we 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 believe that without dave our our guitarist i don't think any of this would be really possible he's just kind of a genius he's he's a he's a whiz when it comes to you know a a good solid macbook i know that you know it's it's, as for the lights though I, i do all the lights it's taken me a little while to kind of um to get that down 100%, but it's like, it was something that I was always, I always visualized that there was, there has to be a way and that seemed to be our, like our saying for a little while, like there needs to be a way to do this. There needs to be a way to make this as small as possible with the most output as possible. So the lights were like a vision, you know, I'm like, I know, I, I know I can make these lights work as long as I'm able to plug the lights into a computer. Yeah. And I looked right. up how to do that. And I think after like a couple months of just kind of fiddling around with it, we bought some more lights. That's also the thing too. I mean, like, you know, you can have the vision and you can have the inspiration, but you got to have the money for the equipment too. I mean, it's not a, it's not a cheap investment. Oh God, no. And, and Mm -hmm. I, I I assume you're triggering the lights just via MIDI off the same computer that's playing back the backing tracks. It's like, um, it's kind of like a piano roll, um, on logic and logic pro. And my, my guitarist has all the backing tracks and everything is ran through logic. So by the press, by the power of a space bar, we have backing. Well, we, we, we also put, um, like for our drummer, mostly like I don't use them, but my drummer uses like a, a reference. So we have the song, um, as a reference in our in-ears and we can turn it up and down. Each, each of us have our own mixes because we have a Behringer X32 rack, which yeah. is like just a board. It's a, it's a digital board, but it's a, has no faders. It's just a, it's a rack unit, which is. Yeah which is crazy, but uh, we bring that around everywhere with us. That seems to be the new standard almost when it comes to... It really what, is. Yeah. Doing what we're doing, you need something like that, you know? Absolutely. It, it's really become a standard. That's one of their best-selling units. And, and, the, yeah, war- and the warranty that Behringer has is, is kind of unparalleled right now. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. They are somewhat of an unstoppable force. They, I think, I, I think Midas bought them out, or someone bought out Midas. They or, bought out Midas, and then they took the Midas tech and put it into their stuff. It was a huge deal when it happened. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. yeah, I we remember had Behringer the, used to be known as just like the crappiest electronics company around, but they've really yeah. transformed themselves after they bought Midas like that. But anyways, I, we shouldn't talk tech. I could talk tech all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm kind of a... Uh, yeah, Chris is a big tech nerd as well. But so let's uh, let's talk about the record for a second. He said it was released in January, soft release and new artwork and new concept. Are is the are the songs still the same? Are there any songs added? Have they been remixed or what can fans expect or music if somebody picks it up? So the current list is uh, it's you know it's 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 the exact same uh, same album. It just has uh, a few tracks that we had taken out earlier in the in the in the album. Uh, taken away from the concept thinking that maybe we didn't need them or maybe um, they didn't fit with the concept but uh, for Christmas we just decided you know forget about it let's just re-release it and and make sure we are we get all these tracks on Spotify playlists and make sure we do this right you know set it out on you know at, at full sale to a to a, a huge platform you know last the, right. the last album was it was just kind of we put it out and and that was that but um, just because we hadn't, we didn't put anything out in like five, about five years. Like we hadn't put any music out in five years. We were just sitting on the album, but this time, you know, it's a Christmas thing. And, um, some of the tracks on the, the album, the, uh, the, the deluxe album, people requested these songs because they weren't on the original album and they heard, you know, these specific songs like black forest is one of them. Um, also mm-hmm. another song is called pentadextrous, which is a very heavy song. And we're kind of transitioning to a different band so it didn't really fit with not just the concept but who we were going to be in the next couple of years but uh we said forget about it let's just put it out and all right i know you you mentioned concept a few times in that in that statement there do you guys have or is there something you want your fans to walk away with after listening to uh one of your records or one of your songs or seeing you guys live like um knowing what the concept of the album is, is that what you're yeah yeah so the the concept is about a prince, a young prince, and which is the the title track of the the album. It's the second track of the album, and he you know he, he eventually comes into power, and he's conflicted, and he needs to find the best way to rule, whether it's through fear or through love. Um, it's actually a uh, it's actually about a, a Machiavelli passage that my my guitarist had written he, he basically wrote the wrote the entire album he basically wrote the entire concept when it came to lyrics so we we just kind of followed in his footsteps but um i think most people could relate with the prince he's he's very he's very young and he's very agile and then there's a, a part a part of the there's a part of the uh the album which the his 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 peers his the civilization that he rules over they they begin to revolt and they 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 uh they turn uh, they, what do you call it they um uh they they attack they mm-hmm. they they're fed up and they they begin to revolt which is also another track on the album so it, it's a story of of um what's it uh, cruelty and clemency is the name of the passage by Mac- Machiavelli but it's uh, the concept behind it is 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 pretty um pretty basic gotcha. Chris? Uh, I'm good. I don't have anything else, really, Bruce. Uh, yeah, I've got one more, and then we can have some fun if you're, if you're game. Uh, <laughs> when you guys uh, are writing, uh, since it's all such high-tech stuff, are you writing like all in the same room together, or 
because it's such high tech stuff, are you writing separately and then sending it to each other, getting together to combine it? So, um, you know, there's three songwriters in the band. My my guitarists are brothers and they live together. So that's like, that's just writing central their place. And so my guitarist, uh, Dave, who's the younger brother, he'll write, he'll write the song and he'll record it at his home studio, just pump it out like, like delicious Carvel ice cream. And then my other guitarist, Kevin, will write lyrics on top of it, or he'll send it out to me and I'll write lyrics, or he'll write lyrics himself. You know, we've all, we've all had our hands in a ton of these songs and it seems to, it seems to work this way. Like, you know, we can get, we can get together and sit, sit together and hang out and write a song, or, you know, we can get together and hang out, have a couple beers and play Smash Brothers. It's probably right. going to be the one, but you know, it, the, the first process has, has seemed to work over the years and, you know, we're still writing. We're constantly writing. There's never been a point in which we're just like, oh, I, need, I have a concept for a song, but I can't think of how it should sound. For some reason, every time we wrote a song, we've been happy with it. And that's what's most important. And that's why we've been involved with each other for so long, you know, because it just clicks really easily. Okay, perfect. So I don't know if you're you're interested, but we have this segment. I'm going to give Chris the credit for this segment because it's his. <laughs> Please. We have this segment called The Furious Five, and if you've listened to any podcasts of ours before, it's just some random fucked up questions that we throw out there. It gives fans a chance to get to know you a little bit better, and everybody gets a good laugh. If you're interested, we can carry on. If not, we can end it here. No, uh, I'm very interested, but could you define fucked up for me? Uh, well, I guess we'll get to the first question, and you could... Uh... Yeah. the <laughs> wolves. Yeah. yeah, so don't take too long to answer them. Just go with it. It's kind of furious five, just quick questions, and, and we'll go from there. And if you hate it, and you think we're a bunch of jackasses, especially Chris, for coming up with this this game, then we can uh, you know end it here and call it a day. Cool. Okay. All right. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, you're intrigued. All right, we're going to start easy. Name three root vegetables. Root vegetables. Um, let's see. There's the beet. There's the turnip. There's the potato. Beautiful. Right on the money. Last time we asked that question, uh, we didn't get the, uh, we quite got- such good answers, but we didn't get any. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get any. But we didn't ask this next question. So if you're ready, name something that one of the five little piggies did. The five little piggies? Mm-hmm. Is it a trick question? I don't know. Only- you know, when you're a little kid, the uh, this little piggy. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this mr rogers brutally delicious podcast or what <laughs> i thought we were talking about like the three the wolf and the three pigs or whatever yeah one went wee 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 all the way on <laughs> all right <laughs> very good and that, that's where our, this is where the listening people are gonna be like i'm going home fuck this <laughs> this, is at the, this is at the end of the podcast right right yeah. Are you still cool with this, or you think Chris is fucked up for coming up with this? Bruce, Bruce actually, Bruce actually hired a big metal band from Europe to do the to do the intro. Oh, you know, we got the a great intro five. and everything. So, yeah, it's good once it gets rolling. <laughs> Keeps it entertaining. I'm all. Oh yeah. It. So name one, name two words polite people use instead of cursing. Two words. Yeah. Um, darn it. And. Uh, uh, I don't know, frick. 
<laughs> right? All right. And what does Frick stand for? Oh, that's my <laughs> other word that I love. <laughs> some symbols, some consonants around, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. How many hairs are there in the average human eyebrow? 100, 550, or 1050? I guess 550. Hey, ding, ding, ding. Dude, you're going to be the uh, reigning champion on this thing here. We've been keeping track. I'm batting 1,000 right now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> One more for you. Okay. Gyno gynophobia is the irrational fear of what? Gynophobia? <laughs> <laughs> From your laughs, I'm going to say, well, I mean, like, I'm going to say a vagina. No, see, that's the obvious. You should have gone with your first instinct. It's actually the irrational fear of women. Oh, okay, okay. Well, same thing. They go hand in hand. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so this was the Furious Five. I don't even know if we got... Was that five? Anybody keeping track? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> that might have been five. I'm living in gynophobia right now. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Fuck. Where, so where, do I you, went, where the fuck do you get these questions? <laughs> You're going like, to laugh. But, so like, I went to Walmart the other day with Denise. Speaking of gynophobia. <laughs> right. So I went to Walmart the other day with Denise, and she was looking at board games. for. We're going up to New York this week, and she's buying all the nieces and nephews games and whatever. Yeah. And I found this. Um, it's family feud cards. It's a stack of like 500 of them, and I just shuffle them up and go. Okay. Gynophobia. The fear that's why, of women. <laughs> but that's where the three little or the five little pigs came from. Ah. He was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, I was just like fucking like, <laughs> won't you be my neighbor? Like, this is a fucking metal <laughs> podcast and we're talking about the fucking little piggies. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait till you see some of these though. These are great. I hope I don't get sued for copyright infringement for singing that song. Oh, no, but wait till you see some of these things that are, these are pretty great. Okay. Uh, as you'll see that, uh, you know, but for anybody listening, Chris is the one who actually went to Walmart. That was the story about Chris, not me. This is no. all his fucking idea. I have a confession about Walmart. Quickly, because we got the next one. Go. Oh, sorry. No, my, go ahead. My confession the is, you know how there used to be that group, that Facebook group with the people of Walmart? and they'd yes. post, I'm one of those people. I was never on the group, but like... I don't give a fuck when I go to Walmart what I look like. <laughs> nice. Most people don't, so you fit right in. Hey, that's the way I Dude, see it. I'm going to tell you the quick, the quickest story. Recently, we were in Walmart for something. I try not to go there, but Denise has a corporate account for her job, and so she has to go there. Yeah. And we cut down the frozen food aisle, and there was a fucking turd like right in the middle. Like somebody... <laughs> 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 like somebody couldn't... Wait to go to the restroom. There was a sale on, I don't know, garlic bread, whatever you get in the frozen section. So they shook it out and kept running. <laughs> <laughs> I, I right. actually took a picture of it and sent it to my friend. I'm like, this is what I just found in Walmart. Like a big swirly right in the middle of the fucking frozen food aisle. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck, man? Jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, whoops, that slipped out my pant leg. Like... <laughs> How I, I still got to get that garlic bread. Prices are falling. Hopefully, 
the people around that person like who farted and then this fucking shit falls out their leg and they're like okay i'm not getting garlic bread today fuck this we just, we just lost two of the five listeners we have with that story and the pigs and all <laughs> this this one went down the tubes as well but all right let's call it thanks for listening have a fantastic holiday and we'll talk to you soon keep it metal metal bowie dylan marley You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.